Each of the sons and daughters who appear in this chapter has experienced the anguish of losing a beloved mother or father. As we move on in the book, we will read more about the ways they coped with their grief. But first, the bereaved set the scene and tell us what happened to change their lives so dramatically. 21-year-old Phil Musmacker was living 2,000 miles from his mother when he learned of her death. Not only was he a long way from home, but he had just recently been released by the police after having been held for possession of a gun. Phil's troubles with the law began when his girlfriend was harassed by two thugs who were attempting to break into the apartment Phil shared with her. Soon after, he purchased a gun for their protection, a precaution not uncommon in Texas towns. Because Phil had been brutally treated by the arresting officers, all charges against him were dropped. Following his release, Phil was anxious to return home to see his mother, but a lack of money made this impossible. He was working to earn the transportation fare when a long-distance phone call announced his mother's death. The trauma of not having been at her bedside was a forerunner of intense guilt feelings and remorse. It was years before Phil was able to face up to his grief. Two years prior to his mother's death, Phil had run away from his hometown, from an overwhelming hospital scene, and from a mother who, racked with cancer, had dwindled from 235 to 105 pounds. At his mother's pleading, Phil had been giving her injections of the painkiller Demerol in ever-increasing amounts and was tormented that he might overdose and kill her. Added to this was anger with his father, brothers, and sisters, who were of little help or comfort. The emotional burden had at last become unbearable, and Phil had escaped to Texas with his girlfriend. In the above story, a young man is tortured by guilt for what he sees as neglect, and by anger at events and at those who could have helped but had failed, he felt, to do so. The following anecdote concerns a young woman whose sense of loss at the death of her father is so overwhelming that she thinks it will be with her for the remainder of her life. But there is hope for both these people, for hope never dies. Different as their stories are, they both tell of deep suffering, as indeed do all the stories that follow. On a Sunday afternoon in March, Beth Landau was visiting a friend and so was not at home to receive her mother's urgent phone call. Mrs. Landau had tragic news for her daughter. The girl's father, age 64, had died of a heart attack while playing tennis. The grief-stricken mother finally succeeded in reaching family friends who said they expected to see Beth that evening. Don't tell her about her father's death, urged Mrs. Landau. It will be better if she learns about it when she comes here. While Mrs. Landau was still on the telephone, Beth arrived at the friend's home and took the call. She heard her mother's strained voice saying, Daddy's not well, Beth. Please come home. The young woman's friends drove her to the Landau home. Although everyone in the car, except Beth, knew of Mr. Landau's death, they all remained silent. When Beth entered the house, she wondered at the presence of a number of her parents' friends, but was totally unprepared for her mother's news. In an upstairs bedroom, Beth learned from her mother that her father was dead. My knees turned to water, Beth recalls, and I just collapsed. What followed was an awful night, for the news had come as a shock. My father had suffered a heart attack many years before, but recently he had been in very good shape. Now he was dead, and it seemed that a part of me was missing.
a feeling that is still with me. I've had a very rough time coping with his death, with the fact that I will never see him again, and with the change it has brought about in all of our lives. Marjorie and Ellen Martin, twin sisters, were 31 years old at the time of their father's death, their mother having died when the girls were 18. Robert Martin had long been in poor health and had alternated between a stationary home respirator and a portable machine that he used on his rare trips to the doctor. Mr. Martin suffered from severe emphysema, made worse by a lung condition that permitted him to use only one quarter of his breathing capacity. After his wife's death, Marjorie and Ellen took care of their father's needs. One evening, Ellen became ill, and Marjorie accompanied her to the doctor.